Good morning, everyone. You're tuned to Community Radio 3CR. Time is just after 7.30, and, of course, that's time for the 3CR Gardening Show. My name's Pam Vardy, and first up, we have to welcome back from overseas, A.B. <laughs> Bishop. Morning, oh, A.B. Oh, good morning, Pam. Yes, this time last week, I was on a jet plane <laughs> on my way back, and it's pretty much taken me this long to get over my jet lag, um, which kind of hit us pretty badly. But It's coming uh, back that's the worst bit, Oh, I think. is it? Is yes, it? Yeah, because yes. Because you're going the wrong way. Going that over there is, is not so right, bad. Right, yeah, because I hardly had jet lag at all when we were there. No, you know, Maybe for right. half a day or something. Yeah. But, yeah, coming back, it was just like, well... And and I think because you're back in your own environment, um, whereas over there there's so much to sort of inspire you and enthrall you because it's all new and exciting and you just want to stay awake. But you come back here and it's just like, oh, oh. my bed's looking really good. <laughs> so, no, it's, it's taken a while. But boy, oh, boy. So we had three and a half weeks um, in Europe and um, first sort of really big trip together, which was terrific. And we're in uh, France, uh, the ma- majority of the time in France. And we'll, I'm sure we'll go into all of that a bit later. Yeah, and certainly um, will. A few days in uh, Amsterdam, Bruges, um, a bit in London. So it was um, a lot to take in and, of course, we went to quite a few gardens. And But I think it was just overall the um, the sense of culture and history and um, so busy. 
it was um, yeah an, an exceptional trip on all sorts and and of course all those baguettes <laughs> <laughs> could not eat enough baguettes they, they're just yeah croissants I could really easily uh, live for the rest of my life having a croissant for breakfast and a baguette for lunch and dinner I think <laughs> you didn't get stuck into the cheeses uh, only in the baguettes. Oh, right. we, yeah, yeah, we did. We did eat some cheeses, but not and didn't eat heaps of chocolate. Interestingly enough, even though I know because you'd planned, had <laughs> absolutely planned. Yes, went to Bruges specifically for their fifty-two for the chocolate. chocolate shops, and it's kind of it was real sort of was bizarre being there because literally every second shop, or and sometimes you know every shop after each other was a chocolate shop so and of course exquisite chocolate and we did buy some but not as much as I thought we were going to buy um and um yeah we watched the movie in Bruges while we were in Bruges so that that was amusing um but that that was uh, I don't know have you been there Pam no it's yeah one of those exquisitely pretty medieval towns which has been um preserved and um, pulled back onto the map, really, I think, you know, only, you know, maybe 20-odd years ago, mm-hmm. um, become a real tourist mecca and for very good reason. And, you know, it's it's Canal City and um, just, yeah, all the incredible old buildings and um, architecture and food, of course. And, um, yeah, so very, very special. Unfortunately, you've got to come down to earth now. I know. And it, it's so interesting just, um, I suppose, I mean, coming back, our last week was in Paris and we were in, you know, arrondissement one so and slap bang in the middle of the fashion district and it was the end of fashion week. So there were, you know, <laughs> beautiful people everywhere wearing $70,000 outfits and, and, you know, people queuing up around the block to go into Louis Vuitton and all this kind of thing. And then we come back into our little patch of paradise into the Australian bush. It was just like whoa this is totally <laughs> surreal but yeah wouldn't actually have it any other way would much rather be living in the bush and visiting other places than living in central paris and visiting our bush yeah absolutely so, but yep. yeah of course came back to um huge weeds all over the place and um two, never mind two very happy chooks to see us we, we arrived back late sunday night and of course dashed straight in to see the girls spotty and dotty to make sure they were okay. We'd had people checking on them for the three weeks, but they'd pretty much been by themselves. Okay. And um, woke them up and they kind of looked a bit surprised. And then the next morning, they they would, you could actually see it in their faces how relieved they were to have us back. And, you know, they're both 11, so they're old. They haven't laid for over a year. And Spotty went in and laid an egg. You're joking. Like, it was about a quarter of the size of a normal egg. It was tiny. That was the excitement. I, she was so excited to have us. Back. Is so, that priceless? Yeah, absolutely <laughs> priceless. But no, it was and terrific to be coming back into, you know, spring in full swing. Yep. You know, really nice and warm during the day and um, yeah, so the the passion fruits are uncovered now. I got to them as soon as I got back and um they're, they're starting to rev up again, which is nice. So yeah, just terrific to be coming back into um spring and yeah getting the garden up and moving again. Yep, fantastic. We also have to say a very good morning to Margot McDonald. Morning, Margot. Good morning, Pam. Good morning, listeners. And it's, I guess uh, from what I've heard, you've coped with a lot of frosts up in Titan oh, this Oh, gosh, let year. me tell you, it's been a year and a half. Horrendous. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, we normally get a lot and we'll probably get one week where we have extreme ones when Melbourne's really cold as well. But early in the season, we had one weekend where it was minus 5.5, Whoa. followed by the next day minus minus six so um it was it did a lot of damage you know and I've lost things like all these natives that were 
you know, two or three years old, doing really well. Yes. All dead and, um, yeah, just not to be revived. But the worst part was um, I had a, a central bed where it gets all the wind, you know, it's it's unprotected from everything. And we'd made it a cactus bed or, okay. a, you know, a succulent sort yeah, of bed. Yeah. And there's very few succulents and cacti that you can actually grow in the frost or in our extreme frost. Well, they turn to mush. Well, they basically. do, yes. Yeah. And I was so proud because I'd found that for crayers, you know, those great big soft leaf grey things yeah. will survive the frost. Really? Well, I've had them there for three years and they're massive. They're like almost two metres tall. Right. And they're meant to grow for, you know, forever and form these like up to two metre trunks and then have the foliage yeah. for one and a half, two metres. So really strong looking architectural plants. And I put seven of them in. Surrounded by a few other interesting bits and pieces that will survive. And I was so proud of this garden bed, you know. It's the first thing you see when you come in. Okay. Anyway, those frosts stressed them all out. Right. And now what that Fucrea plant does when it's stressed, it thinks it's going to die. Okay. So it sends up its massive flowering shoots. Ah. And then it dies. Right. So I'm now going to have a really lovely, you know, floriferous show. And then they're all going to just collapse and die. So do they do they give off any pups or anything oh, heaps, before they thousands? Do but they're all little. I'm not yeah, going to yeah, have yeah. that presence. Yeah. No, at all. That's, well, right. that's left, so I have to start again. So, so what well. else is surviving the frosts? Um, well, just about everything we've put in. So most deciduous things. Yeah. Um, what else? Um, you conifers, I have to say. Mm-hmm. I, before I went to Kyneton, yeah, I wasn't really in love with conifers. But now I have a huge respect it, for them. It's funny how your appreciation changes, doesn't oh, it? Oh, yep. totally, yep. yes. And you and you start looking more deeply into the family mm-hmm. so that you can see how you can make something interesting to yourself. And so I've gotten into – we've got sort of a, a bed at the back going up a hill with rocks and I've um, gotten into the little dwarf conifers. So, you know, p- pines from all over the world and um, – Abies and things like that that love the cold. So you just got to plant appropriately. And exactly. Yep. Yeah. So anyway, it's fun. Still learning. <laughs> we all do. Yep. Yes. I mean, I had uh, a couple of massive frosts, not in the same level of yours, but um, it was enough that I lost things in the garden too. And, yeah. and you really have to start thinking, you know, because I, the plants that had, some of them had been there for quite a few years without any problems and then all of a sudden, bang. Yeah, yeah. And, and with climate change, I mean, this is like the unexpected is going to be the norm, isn't it? That's right. So we're going to get more extreme winters, more yeah, extreme get summers. Hotter and then also colder. So, yeah. Yep. Yes. So. And storms. Yes. Yep. Uh, Pam, did we have any frosts in our area while I was oh, away? Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, I thought we must have because the Backhousia citriodora, <laughs> which I thought had come through, like it got hit a bit with those frosts before we left. And um, then when I came back, I was like, oh, you have something that's gone wrong here. So all the leaves that had survived the original frost. So we, we got a couple, did we? Yes, we did. Yeah, Unfortunately. Okay. Yeah, so I've, pr- I've pruned it right back. It still looks like there's a bit of green wood. So I'm hopeful. Um, and it is in a relatively protected spot. But, mm. um, yeah. So no, it, it, you missed a lot of very cold weather, actually. Okay, you yeah. went away at the right time okay. in, in been, some ways. Yep. It's been exceptionally cool yeah. spring, hasn't yeah. it, really? Well, I've only just started cutting back 
any of the damage that I've had because I, I really had to wait until I felt sure we wouldn't get another one. Yeah, I'm still waiting. Yeah. I know you are, you poor thing. <laughs> no, I, get there there, eventually. There's some things I just can't resist and I think, well, damn it, if it, you know, if it makes new growth and they burn, well, so be it. Yeah. I, like my, I had a big kumquat and they're the hardiest of the citrus for us. It's up against the north wall, gets all of that, and it was fantastic last year. Covered in fruit, big, but it just looked so sad that I just had to <laughs> give it a haircut yesterday. Mm. So mm. hopefully, but there was a little bit of frost this morning. Yep. And we'll get them right through till Melbourne Cup Day. Yep. Right. So, oh, salvia's got really knocked around. I've got yes. salvias just around the glasshouse. They, they were knocked around before we went away and then started reshooting. I hadn't touched them or anything. I thought I'd, I'd leave them. And um, they, they're fine, interestingly mm. enough. So even though it had that um, soft new growth, mm. they, they've obviously come they've through the, the last yeah, couple of And they, yeah, don't, okay. they don't mind a haircut either, do they? No, salvias? that's right. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. I've, I've had to cut one of mine right down in, in half virtually because it got so hit. Uh, you know, across it because it was in full flower when the frost hit it. Damn it. You know? <laughs> ah! oh. But anyway, yeah. um, now you know how we feel. Yeah, I know, yeah. I know. Yeah. Well, that's um, Margot. That's one of the for me salvias is one of the plants or one of the groups of plants that I've come to appreciate what we were just talking about before yeah. because n- nobody eats them. The rabbits don't eat them. The roos ah. don't touch them. They really, you know, I've heard, you know, other people say, oh, you know, the rabbits don't eat this and the rabbits don't eat that and I'd put them in and try them and, of course, they do. They do. But they do not touch. Yeah. No one touches the salvias. Yeah. So they're the one thing for me. But because, you know, we plant Indigenous most other areas, I just keep them around the glass house and they, they look terrific. So I'm going to be putting more in this year. Yep. Yeah. Fair enough. Because I know they'll grow. And, you know, that's one of the things that having been overseas and seeing all these exquisite gardens, it's it's really quite disappointing for me to not to be able to realise our garden's true potential because – Whenever you put something in, it gets eaten. That's right. So you you lose the effect very quickly, and yeah. it just it's it's frustrating. again and again and again. It's really disappointing. It's just, I feel like you know, just this garden designer that really has got quite a shitty garden because <laughs> it just never never is allowed to live up to its potential and to the vision that I have. Yes, right? it's just you know, and then you go to fence things in, and it, it completely it changes, changes the design, it? and, and yeah. it looks awful. Yeah. And um, and of course, putting the fences in itself. Is so difficult because it's really rocky. Mm. It's just like, I really think I need to move somewhere where I've just got no rabbits and good soil. Well, I'm refusing to move and we're just working with the problems we've got. But I have to say now the rabbits have gotten in. Like oh, they're here. Wow. But um, yeah, the Khaleesi virus strain's coming out in autumn. So maybe that's the answer. I don't know. But we've now got a, there's two dogs, my neighbours and ours, and they run and okay. they've Brought a few little bunnies home. Okay. Eating them on the lawn. Good girl. Yeah, Yeah, good. More, more. (laughs) Less food for the dogs, more rabbits. (laughs) Okay, I must get to some community announcements because uh, there's quite a lot going on at the moment. Um, First up, a reminder, I did mention this last week, that um, Country Farm Perennials, David and Meryl Johnson, um, are opening their garden and nursery uh, now, they, they did start the opening yesterday, but it's running right through until the 8th of November. So if anyone would like to go down and have a look at their wonderful garden and uh, maybe pick up a few bargains there from the uh, the nursery, uh, but they are open 
every day, 10am through to 4pm, running right through until the 8th of November. Uh, it's free entry. Uh, now, uh, their address is 96 Langs Road in Nayuk. Now, Langs is L-A-I-N-G-S, Langs Road, Nayuk. <clears throat> um, if you'd like their, uh, their phone number, uh, particularly in case if you get lost, <laughs> uh, the number is 56284202. That's 56284202. And uh, Melway's map reference is X928B5. That's X928B5. So from Melbourne uh, City Centre, you take the Monash Freeway, turn left onto the Princes Freeway, continue on the Princes uh, Freeway until you exit Neerham South and then follow all the signs for Neerham South and Mount Borbore. Uh You go through Neerham South Township and uh, on to... Uh, the junction, and it's all well signed. So that's Country Farm Perennials uh, open through until the 8th of November. Uh, I should also mention, too, this weekend there is a big festival up at Cloud Hill, our diggers there, with um, lots of different workshops. Again, uh, lots to buy in their nursery. There'll be some um, free garden tours around Cloud Hill. So that's all happening today as well. Now, um, Open Gardens Victoria have got uh, a garden open today. It was open yesterday as well. This is the garden I mentioned last week, um, which sounds absolutely wonderful. It's at 61 Avoca Street in South Yarra. That's A-V-O-C-A, Avoca Street, South Yarra. 10 o'clock through till 4.30 today. $8 entry, children under 18 free and students $5. Now also uh, today is the second day of the Friends of Cranbourne uh, Botanic Gardens, their plant sale. Uh, This is 10 o'clock through to 4 o'clock today. The location of course is the Royal Botanic Gardens, Victoria, Cranbourne. Uh, It's on the corner of Bellato Road and Botanic Drive there in Cranbourne. They've got a wide range of Australian plants in tubes and larger pots for sale, priced from $3. So uh, today is the last day of that one if you want to make the most of it. Uh, Friends of Burnley Gardens have got a creative workshop coming on. Now this is, uh, it's entitled Branches of Bromeliads and it's with uh, Sasha Andrusiak. Now Sasha just loves being creative with plants um, And uh, this workshop, she will guide you through how to mount bromeliads and little native orchids on a lichen-encrusted branch. Uh, So uh, they'd make a wonderful Christmas gift um, or something to hang in a bathroom or a sheltered spot outside. Uh, So uh, this is taking place on Saturday the 21st of October, so that's next Saturday, at Burnley College, which is at 500 Yarra Boulevard in Richmond there. Time is 10 a.m. through to 12.30 p.m. Cost, if you're a member of the Friends Group, um, $60. Non-members, $75. Now, this includes all equipment and the lichen branch, three epiphytic plants, including bromeliads and a native orchid, and morning tea. And uh, additional plants may be purchased. Now, bookings are essential. Uh, You can email friends.burnley at gmail.com 
or you can telephone 9035-6815. That's 9035-6815. Now, uh, <clears throat> the uh, uh, summer gardening, a couple of workshops coming up that um, are being running, run by Mooney Valley City Council. So Sunday, 22nd of October, that's Sunday of next week, 10 till 12 noon at uh, Strathmore Heights Kindergarten, which is at 148 Mascona Street in Strathmore. They're doing edible gardening for children. Uh, And then uh, following on from that, on Tuesday the 24th of October, 10 till 12 at Coronet Park, which is 31 Coronet Street in Flemington. They're uh, also going to be uh, running that workshop. So um, if you'd like more information, you can visit um, mvcc.vic.gov.au forward slash envirovents. Enviro events, sorry. So I'll read that again. mvcc at vic.gov.au forward slash enviro events, all one word. And you can register for those um Workshops and they're both uh, totally free and uh, being run courtesy of Mooney Valley City Council. Uh, just a couple more I should quickly mention. Um, <clears throat> at uh, Geelong Botanic Gardens on Tuesday the 24th of October, they're having a big uh, play day. Now, this is a free community event. Uh, it's offering families and children the opportunity to enjoy a range of interactive, interactive activities and entertainment. It includes things like face painting, drumming, cardboard cubby land, recycled play, music, storytelling and a lot more. It's running 10am through to 1pm, so that's Tuesday 24th of October and totally free to everyone down at Geelong Botanic Gardens. And finally, I should mention that uh, coming up, of course, is the second workshop in, uh, in Simon Rickard's series of three workshops that he's been running. So workshop number two is taking place on October the 26th, and he's entitled this one, An Audience with the Flower of Heaven. So it's uh, all about uh, tree peonies. It's known to the Chinese as the Flower of Heaven. And it's a unique opportunity, firstly, to see Simon's private collection of tree peonies during peak bloom. And then uh, after, after having a look at his collection, um, there'll be uh, lunch and then Simon will give a presentation on the fascinating history of the tree peony from its humble beginnings as a medicinal plant to its elevation as the coveted king of flowers. And he'll also, of course, be sharing his tips for cultivating these spectacular plants. So cost of this workshop is $160 per head. Um, All workshops include morning tea, lunch with a glass of wine and afternoon tea. You simply have to provide your own transport and uh, it's all taking place... um, up at uh, Trentham at Casa Allegra. Uh, now to go to get your tickets, uh, go to Ticket Ebo. That's Ticket Ebo, all one word. dot com. dot au forward slash Rickard Garden Series. So again, Ticket Ebo. dot com. dot au forward slash 
Rickard Garden series to book for that one. The third one is coming up 30th of November and I'll give out the details of that a little later on. Okay, uh, it's more than time we invited our listeners to join us. If you'd like to ask a gardening uh, question this morning, we'd love to hear from you. That number is 94190155. That's 94190155. We do have AB Bishop in the studio. We also have Margot McDonald. And we've just been joined by Lucille Strachan, who's from the Growing Friends from Melbourne's uh, Royal Botanic Garden. So uh, do feel free to join us, 94190155. Good morning, Lucille. Good morning, Pam. <laughs> Good morning, everybody else, too. And you've got a big weekend coming up next weekend. Yes, I certainly have. And so have the rest of the Growing Friends. Yes, we've been madly busy boxing up our plants ready for the move next Friday up to the Observatory Gate site, which is where we were this spring last year. Okay. Uh, So, uh, yes, we'll be setting up there and looking forward to seeing uh, as many 3CR listeners as possible, please. Now, um, tell us a little bit more about it because it's um, it's the second time that um, Diggers uh, yes. Club have been involved with this. They That's did it right. last year yes, for did. the spring sale yes. and they're involved again this year. Yes, they are. Yeah. Uh, yes, so it is Diggers uh, have brought along, oh, I don't know, um, a large number of other nurseries, almost a bit like for those who are up at the Mount Macedon uh, Garden Lovers Fair last weekend. It's that sort of set up. It's a, 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 a group of stalls all selling uh, horticultural type products or plants, etc., books, all the rest of it. And yes, the Growing Friends are, are, will be very much part of this too. Mm, mm. In so fact, I, it I, was originally, of course, our spring sale. Of course, it was. <laughs> I believe there's over um, 40 stalls. This year, so it's yes. it's yeah. even larger than last year, yeah. and um, coupled with that, there's going to be um, a program, a series of talks as mm-hmm. well. Yes, as there were last year. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, now, all covering all sorts of topics, covering um, lots of different people. I see Indira Naidu is going to uh, be speaking there. Um, she brought out the edible balcony. Uh, Stu Burns, Garden Doctor, Georgina Reed, uh, the Plant Hunter, and Professor Rob Adams, who's Director of City Design and Projects at the City of Melbourne. So, so quite a few guest speakers will be there, and lots and lots of children's activities too, I gather. Yes, I, I, I gather they probably will be too. <laughs> <laughs> I, actually, I'm more involved with what the Growing Friends of are course, doing. Of course you are, and you've been, as usual, working for months. Yes, we have indeed. Yes. Yes, yes and the nursery's looking wonderful. I must say uh, I was moved to get out the camera and photograph our collection of clivias that are, are ready in, to go up to the sale next week because the colours and, and the collection sitting there were just looking beautiful. Mm. So you've got a, an, a, a, an array of different coloured clivias this we year. We certainly have. Right. We certainly have, yes. And uh, they're looking just beautiful at the moment. Fantastic. What are your most popular plants to, say, to sell usually? Well, the clivias do attract quite a lot of attention, particularly, of course, if they're in full bloom. Um, we have a range of plants. We sell Australian natives, and they always attract a fair amount of attention because the, the 
the group that look after the Australian native plants uh, try and hunt for things that are different mm-hmm. but garden-worthy and also are um, some of them are rare and endangered in the wild. Okay. So they're keen to um, uh, propagate those and sell those as well. But we will have a selection of bulbs, bromeliads, ferns, herbs, camellias, mm. uh, orchids, as well as the perennials with which I'm involved, rhizomes uh, and various irises, of course, shrubs, succulents, as well as trees. Wow, covering all bases. Absolutely. (laughs) Definitely. We've been doing this now for nearly 30 years. I know, it's amazing. (laughs) It's really amazing. And um, we must uh, say that proceeds from this event are going back to assist the gardens. Absolutely. Yes. Yes, they do. Yes, which is fantastic. Now, there is an entry charge, uh, $15.00. But uh, that will give you access to everything that's going on um, on on the two days, uh, and it is running from ten a.m. through to four p.m. both days, next Saturday and Sunday, mm. as uh, Lucille said at the observatory precinct, which which is a, a good open space, oh, so yes. plenty it's of room, a large open yeah, area. much larger yes. area. So that's yep. excellent. Yes. Yep. What else have uh, have you been preparing yourself, ready for the sale, Lucy? What, uh, what are some of the plants you've been... Um... Well, I'm particularly involved with the salvias. So, uh, yes, I've been watching them come along and potting them up as they uh, need to be. Uh, so there'll be a selection of those, uh, as there will be with a lot of the other perennial plants that, that we enjoy growing. Uh, what else can I say? Um, the shrubs have been busy... Uh, they'll have a wonderful selection of things. We have a um, a particular person, Rosemary, who looks after our camellias, and she does a wonderful job trying to um, bring plants out of the Botanic Gardens collection, which is a large one. Mm. Uh, so there's not only cultivars, but there are species that she often sells, and that always attracts a fair amount of attention too because mm. the they're us- unusual ones and different and interesting, particularly the species ones. Of yes, course. absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, of course, um, members of the Growing Friends Group mm. will be on hand to give advice. Oh, absolutely. We certainly will. And I dare say uh, we may well have some help from the gardeners, of course, without whom we couldn't do any of this. That is the garden gardeners of the, the, the Botanic, Gardens. Botanic Gardens. Yes. Because they help us uh, not only moving the plants up to the site next Friday morning, but... Um, uh, they help us with propagation and taking us around the gardens too in, in groups to do this. So we couldn't do it without them and they often supply us with divisions of plants as well from the gardens. Fantastic, mm. yes. So you're saying uh, nearly 30 years. When does the yes. birthday come up? Ah, February next year. Wow. Yes. So I hope there's there's a special celebration plan. There is too. <laughs> <laughs> nobody's told you. No, nobody's told me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what what salvias do you have? Well, I try and keep a, a fairly broad range. Um, we have some species salvias. Uh, we have quite a lot of cultivars. Um, do you want me to name names? Oh, well, I'm just after white and blue ones, really. Oh, right. <laughs> I can start well, we, my list now. Okay, well, one thing we do have, there's, there's a, a, a nice, a very nice collection of Costa Rica blues, Salvia mm-hmm. Costa Rica blue, which uh, we will have. Other blues are the low-growing Nemorosa okay, yeah. ones, uh, Ostfriesland, so that will be available. I don't think I have too much white at the moment. Um now, I was listening to you as I was approaching the city as fast as I could. <laughs> uh, uh, 
and thinking you knew you were talking about frosts and stuff um it's the cold weather in melbourne has played havoc with things too and of course uh you've got to be reasonably careful with uh propagating things into winter uh and i got quite a lot going before i left but of course i was away for about 9 weeks between mid may and early july so uh, i came back and couldn't do much before uh, this sale, but I will certainly be doing a lot more once the weather warms up a bit with cuttings and so on. But um, I'll have a range of pinks and reds mm -hmm. uh, also there. Um, not much purple at the moment, but there should be more later. Yes, but that's about yep, so it at the moment. I'm sorry there aren't any more blues. <laughs> 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 well, that's, that's the colour oh, theme that uh, I'm going uh, for, basically. Camedrioides, mm. salvia camedrioides, which is a wonderful, sun-loving, drought-tolerant, uh, small grey-green leaf um, salvia. And murii is another one, mm -hmm. which is blue, uh, with a dash of white in the flower. Um, so, yes, there'll be some, some of those. Uh, what else have I got? Um, Sounds like I'll have to get down there early. I, I oh think, yes, I think <laughs> that's you will. the secret. Yeah. It yeah. is. Yeah. It is. If yeah. if anybody really wants something, and of course, one thing I should remember to tell people is the catalogue should be online ah, yes. from this weekend on, so they can go and have a look and see what we've actually got to sell. So, how did they find that, Lucille? They go to the Royal Botanic Gardens website, uh, and I don't know whether I've got it on my. No, I haven't got it on this. This is just a roughly printed out um, catalogue for me, so I'm afraid. But, of course, anyone could Google yes. that yes. Uh, and yes. come up with the Royal Botanic Gardens or the Friends of the Royal Botanic Friends Gardens. Of, yeah. um, and they should be able to find a link for the catalogue for the sale next weekend. Okay. And everything will be listed there, and then you can come with your shopping list and be ready and waiting, panting at the gate, for them to open at 10 o'clock next week. And a week. shopping trolley as well as your list? Well, that would help, of course, yes. <laughs> <laughs> we, we do our best to supply bags that we collect and recycle. So, uh, But, yes, bringing your own. And if yeah. you really got a bit of a list, yes, a shopping trolley would be very good. <laughs> and do you have a plant crash? There will be one. It's not ours, but there will be one on site, okay. I believe. Yeah. There was last year, so I presume there will be one this year. Mm -hmm. Excellent. I've got the um, the address. It's just the rbgfriendsmelbourne.org. Yes, and that then, sounds yeah, about right. And then, yes. Yeah, there's just and then, the yes, people sh should be able to find the link yep. to the catalogue. And you were saying that a lot of the clivia sell well when they're in flower because obviously you can see the flower colour, yes, which yes. is terrific. But the plants that aren't in flower, are, you know, their labels or their photos of them just explaining what colours they, they are? Yes, Indeed, there are. Uh, we go to a lot of trouble. A lot of this is done in-house by us ourselves. <coughs> After all, we collate the, the catalogue as well. Um, we do take photographs of our plants in flower so we can show people what they look like uh, and the colours thereof. And, of course, the labels. Uh, we're just beginning to print new labels with more information on them than we've had to date. Excellent. But then our catalogues will be available, I think, for a mere $2.00. And there should be about at least 25 to 30 pages of fabulous information there for people. So it's well worth buying one. Yeah, mm. wonderful. Yeah. Absolutely. Excellent. Okay, let's go to our first caller. We have uh, Belinda out in Vermont. Good morning, Belinda. Good morning, guys. How are you, everyone? We're well, thank you. That's good. I've got a question about my lime tree. It's 
was out of my probably an eight-year-old tree. Um, and I'm looking at moving it in the garden because where it is at the moment, it's in the back corner. Um, and it gets a bit of morning sun, but that's about it. So right. We want to bring it down a bit so it gets a bit more sun. And I was just wondering when is the best time to transplant it and what's the best way to do it? I'd, I'd say you could be moving it now, okay. um, now that the sap is starting to run again. How big is it? Um, it's probably two metres. Okay, because, yeah, that's quite... You want it's a, quite a big. decent size root mm. ball to go along with it. Yeah. Um, okay. And obviously prepare your... your um, the, hole that it's going into beforehand so it's not sitting out of the out of the, in the air yeah. um and um i mean you i mean it's probably a bit late now but you what you could have done is you know Trench trenched it, it a, mm. a, a little bit earlier for it to to encourage that new root growth so when when you put it in but i mean what do you think pam you could probably possibly still do it now couldn't you just i think you could trench I'd, it a bit and then leave yep. it for you know maybe another month and, the, and then move it and then it should have a bit bit more new mm. root growth. I think the secret okay. is to take out a really big root ball. To, so so trench that quite wide around the um, the outer edge of the canopy. Yeah. It's going to take a few people to shift it on the day. Yeah. <clears throat> um, if you can get something like um, a big uh, piece of hessian bagging mm. or something. Or tarpaulin. So just, tarpaulin. Tarpaulin. Yeah. So just shift it straight onto that and then straight into your prepared... Um, bed where you're going to place it you don't want to leave it sitting out in the open air with those roots drying out okay. and right. then a, a good a good dose of um a seaweed extract yep. um to encourage more um new root growth mm. six week six month program yes I think, really. yes okay. not just so, once no lots of tlc once you've got it re replanted with the, mm-hmm. as i say um seaweed in the you know liquid seaweed feeds um every Every uh, couple, couple of, of weeks. weeks. Yep. Okay. yep. For a good six months. Yes. And um, should I prune it back at all? Or? Yeah, you could definitely take uh, a bit of the top canopy back because you are going to be taking some of those outer roots off. So um, yep. try and match it a bit by taking off. Uh, you could take it almost down a third, I think. Mm. Especially okay. if there's fruit on it, you know, that would sort of stress mm. it out even yeah, more. Yeah, so pick yep. the fruit yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and, and take the canopy down. Mm. Okay. And plant plant starter is very good as well. That really mm. um, gives it. Oh, I forget now, but it's supposed to be even like for that sort of situation, mm. um, better for the roots to What's settle plant in. Starter? Sorry, it's just called plant starter. Okay. There's various you know um, brands, but yep. that's supposed to be particularly good as well as the seaweed. Mm. Okay. Yes, it is. Okay. okay. And anything I should do to prepare the soil? Anything like? Specific for lime trees, or just what? The, what sort of soil do you have there, Belinda? Um, so out in Vermont, it's kind of clay, <laughs> okay. but we've we've improved it a fair bit by putting a lot of compost. Yeah, in and it. and that's basically what you'd want to do. I mean, lemon, uh, citrus are gross feeders, so you'd want to um, work work it right into the to the actual existing soil, so that you know it's not going from one soil environment to another. Mm-hmm. Um, just work in some compost. I wouldn't be putting um, any fertilizers in the no, hole don't as feed such because that will just um, burn burn the new oh, roots. Okay. The other um, thing is that citrus demand good drainage. Yep. So yeah. if you if if you've got a lot of clay there. Um, you could almost add a bit of um, sand or gravel into your okay. soil so that it's going to open up the soil structure a bit more and drain more. Or you could even think about um, creating a bit of a raised bed so it's mm. raised up a, 
above a bit, again, to help the drainage. Have you done a drainage test on the area? Uh, No, we haven't. Well, when you dig the hole um, that you're preparing, pour some water in and see how quickly that water drains away. Okay. Because if there's a problem with the water sitting there, um, it's going to kill your lime yeah, tree. I, I'd be doing it before you actually move the move tree. It. Yes, um, yes. Di- okay. di- yeah, dig yourself a hole, pour a bucket of water in, let it go through, and then pour another bucket of water in and see how quickly it drops down. And, I mean, it's surprising that clay – we've got really rocky clay soil, and I, for a long time I thought it was – because it was clay, it was automatically poor drainage, but it's actually very reasonable drainage. So you might be surprised, yeah. and the drainage might be fine where you are. Yeah, and I think where 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 the trees are, it's at the back of the property, and we're on a bit of a slope. So right, that where the trees are, and it's only going to move down a couple of meters. Oh, okay, should, okay. Yeah. it should be okay because it's thriving at the moment. Yeah, good. That the drainage is okay. Okay, good. But yeah, just I'll just just check test. that out. Yep. Yeah, and don't forget to mulch. Yes. Over yes. the roots. But not, not, not right next to the trunk. Keep it yeah, back okay. from the trunk. Just a bit back. Yep. Okay. All right, great. Thank you. Okay, good Thanks luck with all advice. of that. Bye. 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 That number, if you'd like to join us this morning, we'd love to hear from you, 94190155. That's 94190155. You are listening to the 3CR Gardening Show and in the studio this morning, we do have A.B. Bishop, Margot MacDonald and Lucille Strachan from the Growing Friends of Royal Botanic Gardens Melbourne. So uh, do give us a call, 94190155. Now, uh, I should mention coming up uh, 23rd to the 29th of October is um, is uh, Aussie, it, it's BirdLife Australia's National Bird Week. And as part of this, they do an Aussie backyard bird count, which is a major part of the Bird Week celebrations. Now, um, what you do for this, if you're interested in taking place, is um, register. And to register, you go to aussiebirdcount, all one word, .org.au. And uh, then uh, you can also download the app, which is up there now, um, and that will uh, enable you to be able to to pop in your bird count. Now it doesn't have to be the birds in your backyard. It can be um, it can be in your local park. It can be in your local schoolyard, uh, local beach, wherever you might see some some birds. But you join in the count, and uh, all of this gets um, all the. Uh, Details get uploaded uh, and they're able to see um, just exactly what's happening with um, with our birds, whether we're getting um, bigger numbers, whether we're getting fewer numbers, uh, whether we're losing more environment and therefore the numbers are dropping, uh, but it, uh, whether the seasonal changes as well. So it's, uh, it's um, a great way of participating uh, in this. Um, I know... Uh, uh, lots and lots of people have taken part in this in uh, previous years. And, uh, in fact, uh, in 2016, um, uh, they recorded more than uh, 583 species uh, with, surprise, surprise, the, uh, the ones topping the list were the rainbow lorikeet, the noisy miner and <laughs> the Australian magpie. <laughs> no surprise to any of us here. But uh, it would be very interesting to see what tops the list in 2017. So, uh, as I say, if you want to go, uh, 
and find out more about it, do go to the website, which is aussiebirdcount.org.au. Now, uh, the Friends of uh, Cranbourne Botanic Gardens, in conjunction with um, Australian Bird Week, uh, National Bird Week, um, are going to be uh, running a a big celebration as well. In fact, they're running um, an all-day workshop um, all about birds. Now, this will take place on Sunday the 29th of October, and you have a choice this time, either... If you're an early riser, 7.30 a.m. through to 3 p.m. or 9.30 a.m. through to 3 p.m. So uh, depending on how uh, early you want to become involved. But um, from 7.30, there'll be an optional opportunity to participate in the What Bird Is That presentation conducted by BirdLife Australia's Mornington Peninsula branch in the Cranbourne bushland, followed by a tasty breakfast. Um, Then at 10 o'clock... Uh, there'll be morning refreshments. Then if you stay on, the main presentation start at 10.30. These include an overview of Australian birds, evolutionary social history in connecting birds, animals, nature and people, um, behavioural, uh, behaviour, ecology, colour and sexual attraction. There'll be status of the uh, helmeted honey eater, um, photographing birds, illustrating birds, bird habitat in gardens and Australian birds in art and craft. So lots and lots of presentations there. Now, um, if you'd like to uh, go to the 7.30 a.m. session, which includes breakfast, and then uh, the presentations from 10 till 3, the cost is members of the Friends Group at Cranbourne, $80, non-members, $90, and students, $40. If you don't want to start until the 10 o'clock presentations, then the costs are for members, $60, non-members, $75, and students, $30. Now, you do need to register and pay. Uh, To register and pay, you go to RBG Friends Cranbourne, all one word, .org.au or if you'd like further information you can contact Amy on 0423-513-281. That's 0423-513-281 or rbgfriendscranburn.org.au. Okay, as I mentioned, we are running through until 9.15, our usual time slot. So if you'd like to join in and ask a gardening question this morning, we would love to hear from you. That number is 94190155, 94190155. AB, tell listeners a little bit about uh, some of the gardens you visited while you were away. Ah, yes. Okay, well, let's start with France. Um, it's definitely a, a good place you'll, to You'll start. never get out of France. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Um, so we um, went to a region called the Dodogne region, which is in southwest France. And um, there's, um, you know, there's a chateau at every turn, basically, which is, you know, just exceptional itself. It's it's meant to be one of the most picturesque regions and um, it it truly was. You know, the Dodoyne River kind of meanders its way through there and, um, yeah, lots lots of castles and chateaus and fortified villages. Went to the fortified village of Dom, um, you know, and all these places were sort of, they were started to be built in the, you know, 11 and 1200s and um, 
I think the thing that um, struck me the most was that uh, you, you tend to think of <coughs> castles as having been built. You know, they say it was built in 1200 and you think, okay, it was just built then and it was finished and people lived in it. But, of course, because it's mm. been there for centuries and centuries, you know, it's been knocked down over time and it's been rebuilt and, you know, different families have lived there. And mm. um, so it, it just that incredible sense of elongated history, I suppose. Yes. Um, it was quite exceptional. Um, but... The, the the gardens themselves um there's um there's an organization called um the most beautiful villages of france i'm not sure if you, if you were aware of that when you went and um my sister, who who we stayed with um, in the Dordogne area, um, they travel there quite a bit, and so she's got this book called The Most Beautiful Villages of France, uh, which is in English as, and you can also buy a French version. And it's an organisation that was set up in 1982 by a mayor of a particular French village who wanted to, I suppose, control and protect the heritage and and history and beauty of villages around France, and very quickly mayors from other areas came on board and now there's I think it's 157 um, villages dotted all over France um, that belong to this organisation and they have to go through a very sort of stringent stringent application process Um, you know there's things like the um, villages population can't be more than 2,000 uh, there has to be at least two historic monuments or sites there that you know can be preserved, and um, the um, people that live in that village have to support being part of the the program because you know it takes a lot of work and you know money from them as well, and um, so there's a, a huge percentage of these most beautiful villages of France in um, the southwest area of France. And, you know, that that is where we were. And um, so it was um, the, the area, so there was an area called Dom and, and Salat, the village that we were actually staying in, was one of the most beautiful villages. And, um, you know, they have to really, when they're refurbishing and renovating these um, villas and whatnot, you know, and they're all stone and they're all local stone. Mm. So, I mean, if anyone's watched the Tour de France, that, that you know that when um, the planes and helicopters are flying above, all these villages look quite similar, similar mm. because they use the local stone. So they all, you know, they've got the same colour roofs mm. and the same colour everything. And um, so, yeah, this particular village, Salat, um, you know, cobbled streets, um, there was a chateau there which wasn't open to the public but you could you know um, walk around it and see that and um, and they take a lot of care with their gardens they're only allowed to use particular plants um, you know it's quite a, a broad palette but it just keeps the gardens you know cohesive I suppose mm. through the through the whole village and um, yeah and, and little things like um, they've got um, in this particular village they had large pebbles with the names of plants painted beautifully onto it all mm. throughout the village. So right. wherever you went, mm. you know, you were learning something. I mean, of course, because over there, just a completely different suite of plants that, you know, I, I wouldn't have had a clue about. So to be able to walk through the village mm. and and not only, you know, appreciate what's mm. there, but to, to be learning at the same time as well was, was quite terrific. So, um, you know, I, re- I recommend if anyone's going to France, you can jump on they've got a website as well the most beautiful villages in france but you could also get hold of a book as well and um 
yeah, it's well worth it because it just yeah gives mm. you a bit of mm. bit of background for mm. each of the gardens and everything. So when I was in Madagascar, we also then went across because we were in the region. We went across to Reunion Island, which of course is an arrondissement of um, of France. Ah. It's under French rule, and we stayed in one of these uh, villages. That's so. It the list isn't just in mainland France. It's, no, it's spread to it um, has, and it's actually spread to other countries as well. It's um, Belgium, Canada. Italy, Japan, and now as well, starting to spread even further afield. You know, um, German, uh, Germany, Spain, um, South Korea, and Russia. So, right, I, I think it's a terrific idea, and mm. I, you know, it's one that we could potentially look at here. Mm. I mean, given you know we don't have these incredibly old historical mm. sites, but yeah. there's certainly some you know towns around Australia. I think the closest which would be we worthy. got to it was was naming tidy towns. Yes, <laughs> yes. yeah, yeah. But I'm sure we could go. I, we could improve on that <laughs> yeah, now. Absolutely, yeah. It's not just yeah. about picking up the rubbish. It's about yes. yeah, making, making it really beautiful. Exactly. But yeah. So I, I, I think it's definitely worth getting hold of, or even just jumping online and seeing where the most beautiful villages mm. are. So yeah. So that was um, even even just reading about that and and then mm. going to the different areas was terrific. But we um, we went to a a garden which you guys would probably know as well called the. Ooh, now, I always get the name wrong. I want to say Montisac, but it's Markisac. So the gardens of Markisac, which has got a um, an area of incredible um, topiaried hedges, and um, my sister had been raving about it, and she'd sent me postcards and everything, and it looked quite exquisite. And it was interesting because. I was expecting, um, I don't know, maybe more formal gardens. But, you know, Pam and I were talking earlier. There was this one incredible section of these um, topiaried hedges, which is just really quite exceptional. But then the rest of the area is more like preserved bushland, um, mm. you know, and there's and there's um, uh, long walls, like 200-metre walls um, of these beautiful shaded walkways, you know, under birches and, and all the other trees that they've got there. And, um, you know, his, historic kind of, um, I think there was, you know, different shepherds' huts and, and things like that. So quite beautiful, but not really a garden in the sense as what I was expecting, um, but still very um, refreshing to go. And, of course, views across the, mm. the, the Dom Valley and everything, which, you know, you, yeah, every turn you're looking at a chateau. It's just absolutely ridiculous and um so but that, it's not really was, a garden in the in in the traditional in the traditional sense, sense yeah, of that, a garden that because is exactly there is right. no variety of plant material. Yeah, the, and there's no real, I suppose, formal or even informal planting. It's more, it's it's, more it's, just it's bushland. It's a green. It's a green a garden landscape. clipped mm. within an inch of its life. Yeah. in in the you know in mm. in the the uh, front part of the garden. Yeah, mm. near near the historic homestead. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And then just beautiful trails, I suppose, mm. for the rest of it. So that, that, I mean, that was very interesting to see. But then we went to another garden called uh, Le Jardin de Cadio, um, the Gardens of Cadio, which um, was a, an interesting garden. And, and if you didn't know about it, you wouldn't just happen across it because um, it's, it seems to be that many of these places and, you know, even their restaurants and whatever are, are down these tiny tiny little laneways that you just wouldn't think to go down certainly not a main road or anything and you just kind of happen across it and yeah so this garden I we all absolutely loved it and my sister and brother-in-law had been there before and and loved it and then when I got back I was doing a bit of research about it and um 
there was a lot of really bad reviews online. People saying, oh, it's just a hodgepodge garden. And for me, that was what appealed. You know, it was probably about, you know, maybe a a 10-acre garden. Mm. And just by this couple who've, um, you know, been there 30-odd years, and it's just their home garden and they've Mm. got this incredible espaliered apple orchard with these varieties that I'd never even seen or heard of Mm. and um, they were Mm. all fruiting and we were allowed to pick them and Mm. then you know there was an English style garden and there was a a large lawn and grass area so they it it was quite experimental Um, and again one of these really old shepherd's huts which they've you know nurtured and 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 looked after and um, for me that garden was quite exceptional because you know it was just the husband and wife just there doing it they didn't have any other gardeners and um, so and to me like the French style of gardening it reminded me of the French style of dressing in a way because it's like they have they just kind of throw things together with abandon and look amazing. It's it's really <laughs> annoying, you know, because we'd sit in Paris and just watch these people go by and I'd, I'd just be surreptitiously taking mm. photos of all these incredible women. There's a certain elegance to them. Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. they're just, just so beautifully dressed and but mm. so kind of nonchalant and mm. carefree. And for me, it was the same with the gardens. You know, they mm. had they didn't have this huge palette of plants, but what they did, they did with kind of, you know, gay abandon and off they mm. went. and Tastefully. <laughs> tastefully. The, yeah, the, so to me, the Le Jardin de Cadio was one of those gardens where it was kind of thrown together in a sense but in yeah in a very clever way fantastic yeah Mm. so I suppose um yeah that that was a a particular highlight Mm. for me excellent excellent Lucille you've just come back from the United Kingdom too did you get to any gardens while Uh, you're over there oh yes just a few (laughs) (laughs) Lucille's got sore feet still (laughs) yes yes I I injured my heel while I was oh dear you know, spending too long on my feet around Hampton Court Palace, I right. think. Right. But anyway, that's another story. Um, yes, I, I spent a week with with a, a friend of mine down in in um, Hampshire in uh, Gosport. She lives in Gosport. So we, we went and had a look at a few National Trust gardens. Oh, if I'd thought about it, I should have brought my list with me, but I probably can't remember the names. And the, after that, I did a two-week trip... Uh, a tour around the Channel Islands, oh, right. which mm. was very different and interesting. Mm. Um, now, we were there from, what, the 19th through to the, no, the 26th of June through for two weeks. And it was very warm at that stage, very warm indeed. And uh, we we had a look at some of the, uh, there was an old fortification there, you talk about castles. This one also was, I think, started or built back in the, in the, around the 11th, 12th century. And, of course, the interesting thing about the Channel Islands, I had not appreciated until I looked at a map, just how close they are to France. Right. And one of the amusing things was we were up walking around somewhere very close to the... To, closer to France on that side of the of Jersey than, than we had been. And everybody's phones pinged. Huh. Oh, yes. And, of course, it was our... It was our um, Telcos telling us, welcome to France. (laughs) We were so close that it set it off. It was really very funny. But apart from that, 
Um, of course, the, the Jersey potatoes were absolutely beautiful. Right. The ice cream was stunning. Oh, okay. And I don't think I've ever eaten so much fish in my life, because being islands, they, yes. they fish. But it, it was fascinating. It was like England in miniature, I suppose. Okay. Um, with, the, with the garden set up, etc. There were some lovely gardens to see and some very interesting ones. There was a, a beautiful garden... A lovely old house uh, that got a lot of sea and oh, had a wonderful view down to the sea, but got a lot of sea winds. So, of course, they had to plant accordingly. And they had a couple of Australian mm. plants there okay, uh, that were doing well. So it was interesting to see how they coped with that. Um, but it was beautiful. I went, then we went, had a week on Jersey and then a week on Guernsey. And we were taken out to some of the other smaller islands and which was a lot of fun mm. tried to get to look at some um uh now what oh gosh a particular bird its name's escaped me um cormorant eagle no doesn't matter <laughs> they're, they're particular ones that are on this particular okay. island but unfortunately they were very much in the distance we weren't allowed too close to them of course right uh, which was a shame because you really couldn't photograph them, even even zooming in. Yes, yes. There were just little white blobs in the waves. So, but all the same, it was it was fascinating. And I also spent a week on Tenerife, which was okay. which was very interesting as well. I have friends there, and I of course particularly want to go and have a look at the um, uh, the flora. And it was wonderful to see. Things canariensis in situ. Yes, absolutely. Salvias, arbutus, um, and various other things. And of course, the uh, wonderful, I'm going to have another metal black, Echium. Echium wilpritiae, which of course is an island symbol. They have a special name for it, which of course I don't remember. But it was wonderful. I saw one of them. Stephen and Craig were actually there a week before me. Oh, okay. And had asked me if I had it, who I was going to see. And I said, oh, well, I'm staying with some friends there. Oh, do you think we could have, you know, their name in case we need some help? So, of course, I emailed my friends and said, look, you, you might end up with these two on your doorstep. <laughs> uh, and apparently they spent a day with Stephen and Craig, and, okay. and had an absolute ball with them. Oh, but then great. when I arrived about a week later, um, I was trying to do things that Stephen and Craig hadn't seen. Yes, of course. And, and see plants that they might not <laughs> mm. have seen. So that was a lot of fun. So, yes, I had a ball uh, and saw a, a, as much as I possibly could in the time. Mm. Catching up with the children as well, of course. Excellent. Yeah, no, Fantastic. Um, Lucy, the National Trust Gardens, they're different to the um, Royal Horticultural Society Gardens, aren't they? Yes. Yeah, yes, they are. Yeah. Okay. Well, there's, a, there's, there's several a different groups. Yep. In fact, there's English Heritage or, or, or Royal Palace Gardens are run by somebody. Uh, there's also their, their equivalent of the Open Garden Scheme, and they produce a book. Uh, and you can go around to open gardens there, and then there's the National Trust, and there are probably other groups as well. But of course, it's it's uh, wonderful being a National Trust member here and going over there because you get into all these gardens free, mm. uh, just showing your current membership card for Australia. So that I did last time as well as this time, and I must say it it's really good 
Mm. Uh, Montesfont is one of the gardens I okay. caught up with. Yes, they have a stunning walled rose garden. Lovely. I mean, yes, it just leaves you <laughs> weeping a bit. Oh, yes. I adore a walled <laughs> garden. <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, we've had so, a listener a phone in um, wanting to know about rosemary cuttings. Do you have to dip them in rooting powder before planting? No, not particularly. They will all sitting so there easily. shaking our heads. Mm. <laughs> you just they'll drop strike. them in the ground and they'll yeah. grow. Just, exactly. Yeah, just or, remove or, the, the, the actual top of the cutting and take off most of the leaves and cut off. Uh, you want something, what about? Finger? Yeah, so finger length, yes. Yes. Good point. Um, finger length and at least one to two nodes under the soil, and she could do it in a he or she could do it in a potting mix in a pot, and just make sure in good reasonable light, not in direct sun. Yep, and just keep them moist, mm. and it should probably take only about. I don't know, four, six weeks before mm, there's on them. Yeah. You can give them away Christmas presents. Um, yeah. If you really were concerned, you could try honey. Honey's also another uh, yes. medium yes. for helping roots to grow, stimulating. Yes. Yeah. But in, with rosemary, you really. No, it's don't a bit of a waste, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bit of waste of good honey. And okay. that, that's one thing, Aggie, that does extremely well up our way. Uh, rosemary. Oh, rosemary. Yeah, oh, yes. it's terrific. All of the rosemaries. Yes, yeah. they do. Yes. Yep. So, um, yes, my uh, prostrate one is looking stunning at the Yeah, the, the colours are so vibrant, oh, aren't they? Oh, beautiful. Because we're yeah. weeks behind Melbourne. Like, we've yes. only really finished um, the magnolias mm-hmm. now, yes. and we're yes. starting on the other things. Yeah. yeah. So, and what yeah. about lavenders? Got late lavenders are just starting to put yeah. their flower buds okay. yeah. out. Yeah. Oh, so. mine haven't yet. but <laughs> No, because it's just been so cold. Cold, yes. It? Yeah. It's been a – I've loved – I do enjoy Enjoy a cold and slow spring, or yeah. cool and slow spring, because yeah. I mean, these things don't get frazzled quite mm. so quickly. Yes, and yeah. when all yours are finished, ours yeah. are still going. Yes, yes. yes. exactly. Yeah. Yes. You are listening to the Three CR Gardening Show. If you'd like to join us and ask a gardening question, we'd love to hear from you. That number is nine four one nine zero one double five nine four one nine zero one double five. I want to <coughs> briefly mention. An absolutely fantastic book that has only just been released onto the market. Um, I was fortunate enough to be invited to the launch last weekend, and uh, it's a—it's just I've, I've been showing the others in here in the studio. This book, um, it is absolutely stunning, and I'm sure listeners would uh, would be very interested to have a look at it. Um, now, it's called Dreamscape. Uh, it's a stunning collection of over 50 of the world's most beautiful gardens from across the globe. And uh, the author, and this is her very first book, um, is Claire Takax. That's spelled T-A-K-A-C-S. Now, she's an Australian photographer. She loves travel. Um, she started off um, trying to capture landscapes in photography, but she, um, particularly by getting inspired by um, Melbourne's Cloud Hill Gardens. Uh, that really got her started into photographing gardens. Now, she, her work has been widely published in magazines internationally, including Gardens Illustrated, Garden mm-hmm. Design, House and Garden, Country Style and Morning Calm. She's contributed to several books um, uh, she won the inaugural International Garden Photographer of the Year Award in 2008. Uh, so she, um, uh, I can say that the photography in this book is absolutely fantastic. But it doesn't just cover um, 
uh, Australian garden. So it does cover many, many that people would recognise. Um, in fact, the whole book opens with Cloud Hill, but it go, it covers such uh, such gardens as Frogmore, Stonefields, um, Philip Johnson's garden, and of course she did all the photography for Philip Johnson's uh, book called Connected. If uh, listeners have seen that one. Uh, she covers Lamley, Witchwood down in, uh, in Tasmania. But as well as that, she's also covered uh, New Zealand gardens, uh, gardens in the USA, the United Kingdom, Europe and Asia, and including Japan. She's got some of the most stunning uh, photographs of Japanese gardens. And her, mm. one of her secrets is to get into these gardens at about 5 a.m. in the morning because that's when the light, when the sun first comes up and those sun's rays hit the gardens, um, she loves to try and capture that moment. And very tricky to capture it at Extremely that time as well. Extremely tricky. You know, because you need to get the that kind of depth in the, the plants that are still in shade and yet, you know, sometimes the, the plants that are in sun can be a bit bright. So her mm. photography is just outstanding to be able to get that balance. And and some of them are quite ethereal because in with the Cloud Hill, um, garden in particular, there was a morning mist. Oh yes, and like uh, there was and this morning, yes. Mm, yeah, and so yeah, she's managed to capture that whole yeah. atmosphere in her photographs. Now, um, I do recommend the book. It is absolutely stunning. It's a very heavy coffee table book, um, uh, hardcover. Uh, as I say, there are so many gardens photographed in there. It's it's really a delight. Um, and it would make a wonderful gift uh, for anybody. Um, now, it is uh, published by Hardy Grant's books, Hardy Grant books, I should say. Um, recommended retail price is $70. Now, it was only released um, 1st of October, so uh, do look for it in your bookshops or ask your local library if they'd get in a copy, but uh, I can highly recommend that to anybody. The the name of the author again is Claire Takax, spelled T-A-K-A-C-S, and um, she's quite a young woman and uh, really, really uh, achieving very, very highly and being very well regarded um, within uh, photography right uh, throughout the world. So, Absolutely, um, and yeah, definitely... Very much a coffee table book because you mm. won't want to put it in your bookshelf. Yeah, but it's not too big. It, it's big enough to show the photos beautifully, but yeah. it's not one of those massive things that you can't manage. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. perfect Terrific. size. Thank you. Yeah, so uh, I do recommend that. As I say, Hardy Grant Books are the publishers, so uh, do look out for that one. It is absolutely stunning. Okay, that uh, number again, if you'd like to join us. We're running through until 9.15, which is our usual time slot. So you've got, you've got just about half an hour to, uh, to give us a call and ask a gardening question or make a comment this morning. That number is 94190155. Let's have a chat. You brought in a couple of plants. Just one, a couple. Yes, but they're, <laughs> they're stunning. Each one has captured my attention. So yeah, uh, I liked it. I like the unusual. Yes, um, and this one I've been after for years because I've seen it in books, okay. but never been able to buy it. Yes, and suddenly I thought, oh wow! So I've bought three. <laughs> Why not? Unfortunately, they're shade plants, and I haven't got a lot of shade yet because the garden's still so young. So I'm really growing them in pots at the minute. Mm-hmm. Um, but this first one is called Lysomachia, but the common name Creeping Jenny, and that gives you an idea of. Mm. Um, it, it is a ground, so it's a ground cover. cover. 
And um, but this variety is aurea, so it's got yellow or limey green foliage, and that's what I love about but it. But it's such a vivid, vivid. Um, it's almost bordering onto a, a yellow. It's almost golden. Mm, mm. It's such a light lime yeah. colour. And if you plant it out in the sun, it does go very bronzy yellow, which I don't particularly okay. like. Yes, but I like to keep that sort of yellow, the limey look. It will look stunning in a shady area. Yeah. though. it'll really light it up. Beautiful and hanging over a rock bed mm. or um, mm. at the edge of a big pot with, with a tree coming out of it or something. That's what I've done. And um, it is a great thing. It likes a little bit of water, so it's, you know, very f- fleshy foliage. Yes. But it, it, I mean, how would you... It does very well in the UK. They use it a lot in yeah. their hanging baskets. Yeah, it's probably not really. In the hanging basket, yes. aren't you? Perfect, yes. yeah. yeah. You'd see if you can in... keep it moist enough. And that, yes. Yeah, yeah, and that way you can keep it in the shade. Is, yeah. it, is it a shade lover, um, preferably? Or? If in its green form, no, it'll grow happily in the sun. Yep. But um, in this golden form, yep. yeah, otherwise it goes that sort of really yellow colour, which mm-hmm. is not as nice as it is now. Mm-hmm. But um, no, it's just lovely. And I probably shouldn't be growing it because it needs that extra bit of water. Yes. But, you know, having it up near the house and your pots and whatever, you know, it's mm. a pleasure. And how big yeah. does it get to? Um, it'll grow probably nearly a metre each mm-hmm. each arm. Yep. But, um, you know, thousands of them. Mm. Um, the more room you give it, the bigger bigger it will grow. Mm-hmm. So um, and it'll droop right down from, say, a metre almost to the ground. So it'd be like a wall. Lovely. Yeah, it is yeah, just well, lovely. And very uh, useful. Are flowers mm. a feature at all? Or? No, just, don't worry okay. about So flowers. it's more about the foliage. It's, foliage. it's all the foliage. Yeah. 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 So just give the name again, Marga. Lysomachia. Namara folia. You better spell that. Well, if you just <laughs> go Lysamachia. Lysamachia? Lysamachia. You would know. I would, wouldn't know. Not at all. That would be <laughs> no, actually. that's another pronunciation. Lysamachia. There we are. L-Y-S-I-M-A-C-H-I-A. Lysamachia. And this one, the particular one, has got, oh, I think it's a newish name, brought out by a company that's brought them out, Goldilocks. So oh, good. yeah. So I, I didn't mention forget that. that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. And uh, last weekend I was at the Bolabek, the uh, Growing Friends. No, oh, sorry, the, the Mount Macedon Hort Society's Plant Fair, yeah. and uh, your minor rare plants had to stand there. Now they're nearly about to close because Donna's retiring. Yes. I yes. uh, had Very a you know sad. a last ditch big sale. I think you, if you rang them, you might still be able to get oh, some yes. things. Oh, yes, he's open until the end of the year. Oh, to the end of the year. Okay. Mm. But um, I was going to be good and not buy anything. And I came <laughs> and you away. help yourself. <laughs> no, no. I found a climber and it's called Actinidia tetramira. I haven't got my glasses. Left them at home. Actinidia tetramira variety meloides. Now, Actinidia is the gooseberry Kiwi fruit, fruit. Oh, right. yes. Yeah. So it's a cousin of those, so okay. and it's quite hardy, it's deciduous, so it will do okay mm. for us. Mm. Um, it's a climate oh, yes. will need support. I don't think it sends out suckers, mm. but um, its feature is the leaves get little white points on the end of them. Yes. So up on a dark wall or, you know, yeah. somewhere, it mm. would look superb. It would. Um, I haven't tried it yet, and I'm not quite sure where I'm going to put it, but I'll find a so spot. Is it as <laughs> is it as vigorous as a no, kiwi fruit? Nowhere near as good vir- as vigorous, <laughs> and it's very soft, nice, pointy foliage, sort of dark green um, mm. with veining on there. It's it's just very nice, and I think it would light up a darker mm. spot. So you could put it in semi shade as long as it got some sun. Okay, it'd be okay. So that is Actinidia tetramera variety Meloides. Um, so it is the. 
or just a, a kiwi fruit relative. Oh no, I did have it. It's called the rosy crab apple kiwi. Oh, okay. So because it has pink crab apple type flowers. All oh, right. Mm. So that's a very unusual climber. Mm, yes. Gotten at your minor, which okay. is an institution about to close. So. Yep, yep. There we go. And that other beautiful one you brought in this morning oh, that I was oh. remarking on. <laughs> Pam's eyeing this yeah, one. Yeah, I'm eyeing this. Oh, I think it's just beautiful. Yes. Yeah. Um, look, Stephen's mentioned these again. I think I've mentioned them in the past, yeah. but epimediums Good. are one of my favourite plants. Yes. Little woodland stunning. ground covers usually. Some yeah. are tiny, some are not. But um, the, the fellow that's responsible for sort of bringing in some of the new varieties is one of the growers from um, Antique Perennials, mm. okay. who were going to be at your fair. Yes, they were indeed. And in yeah. fact, I bought a couple of interesting ones because yeah. we grow some epimediums in the perennial section and Wendy does wonderful work with them. Yeah. Uh, and I bought her a couple of new ones to play with. Okay. Uh, Lovely. At, from Antique Perennials yes. at the fair. So no we'll, wonder. over the next few years, we'll certainly have them at the Growing Friends. Yeah. Wonderful. We'll, we will have a selection for sale actually next weekend. Okay. Yep. Yeah, Good. they're a wonderful ground cover plant, and mm. I've, yeah, in in pots too, they do really well. But they, you know, they like to spread out into a big clump, and they'll naturalise once they get their roots down. They're quite drought hardy too. Mm. You don't have to worry. Now, this little one is That's called pretty. Epimedium Sweetheart, and it's an evergreen. But I did ring the antique perennial boys, and I said, look. Because normally you would chop any old foliage off yeah. before spring mm. because the little wiry, delicate flower spikes that come up would be hidden by the foliage. Mm. And the last year's get a bit scrappy, the mm. foliage, so it's a yes, good idea to clean do. it up. Yeah. I said, well, this is an evergreen and it's looking still good right through winter, mm. right through minus six, minus fives. Okay. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Do yes, it. they don't mind. No. Well, I chop it off. I said, yeah, just chop them right off to the ground and then you get all this new fresh stuff yep. and the new flowers mm-hmm. coming with it. And this okay. is the result. Mm-hmm. I only did it, say, a month ago. So, um, Gosh. Yeah, it is beautiful. Now, yeah. it's got heart-shaped leaves which have got like a, a burgundy edging yes, around yes. the leaves, yeah. which is just stunning. And, and then that matches in with the colour of the Picks flower the spikes. The deeper pink. The yes. deeper pink, but yeah. the, there's also a white in the centre. Um, yes. Very delicate. You wouldn't think it would be so hardy No, as a plant. No, no they do no. look very delicate, but yes. they're really quite tough. Most yes. of them yep. are really quite they tough. Are. Stunning family of plants. I, oh, I yes. really they love are. them. Yes. Well, Pam, would you believe the fellow, I'm not going to mention his name because he'll be embarrassed. He said, don't tell anyone, but I'm only telling 3CR listeners. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's only a handful, of course. Uh, no, they're not. Um, he is so obsessed by this group, the Epimedium family. He's been collecting every time they go overseas to look for new plants to bring back yes he brings a few more in and a yes. few more and I said well, and, and when I go and visit he said come and look at my new ones come and look he's so excited and I get excited too um, <laughs> and um, I said now look how many have you actually got and he said no, I can't tell you that it's too embarrassing and I said now come and you can tell me I'm a you know plant a holic as well mm-hmm. and he had 104 different varieties of wow. epimedium Gosh. Oh, I tell mm. you who'd be interested in him. Stephen. Yes. Plant trust. Yeah. Plant trust. Yes, yeah, that's exactly. right. Well, I think he'd be the plant perfect trust. person. Yeah. To have perfect it. person. Yes. Yeah. But yeah. interestingly enough, after doing all of that, I spoke to him at the mm. fair mm. and he was saying he's gone back to um, 
his favourite ones are the, some of the originals that were brought out, the sulfurium one with oh, the yes. yellow flowers. That is the toughest. Yeah, it's of them the all. toughest. Okay. And he yep. said he just he treats it with gayaban and puts it in full sun and whatever, yes. and it does really, really well mm. yes, as a ground it, cover it's generally. It's toughie and it'll, yep. it doesn't need – some of the others, I think some of the Japanese ones might need a bit more water. Yeah. Than, than sulfurium does. And some of them yeah. are so tiny, tiny little leaves. And, yes. you know, the flowers only come up a few inches. Right. Yeah. And like little spiders, really fine. Yes, but, they do look beautiful. like little spiders. Mm. Yeah, and just, just gorgeous things. Gorgeous. Anyway, so that's the love of my life at the minute. <laughs> yes, <laughs> absolutely. The Epimedium family, they're all good. And you yeah. can get, you know, the different shaped leaves. There's yes. long, pointy oh, ones. Yes, there's there's ones called freckles. One. Yes. There's serrated edges ones. There's, there's one I bought that's called creamsicles. 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 And lovely cream, delicate cream flowers and a good cream. But the leaves, as you say, are are long and narrow Mm. uh, or quite long and narrowish. But they are variegated to start with. Yes. And looks really pretty. Mm. So they'll go all green by summer. But they start off at this time. Uh, being sort of this motley cream coloured. Yeah, and there's orange leaves and there's yes. sort of reddish leaves with blotches and yeah, yeah. yeah. just superb. Just and, and some of them have very nice autumn tones as well. Yes. Yeah, yep. so good group. Wow. Very good. So, Lucille, you said that you had some at the sale next weekend? Not that particular one, no, but we but do have an interesting variety of. Uh, of uh, epimediums available. Yeah. Excellent. Wonderful. Okay. Um, while while you've got the list open there, um, give listeners an idea of just some of the other plants that they that uh, are fairly interesting. Well, uh, we we have a wonderful selection of bromeliads, uh, unusual ones from the gardens. Uh, we also have an interesting selection of bulbs and rhizomes. There are orchids as well. Australian native orchids as well as other ones. Okay. There's herbs, uh, and Pam looks after the herbs and does a wonderful job with those. So there's some really interesting and different herbs. Uh, The perennial section, of course, full of interest there. Uh, There's shrubs, succulents, and trees as well as camellias Mm. too. Mm. So lots to interest everybody actually, at the sale next week. Do you have any cacti as well as succulents? Uh, Some, I would think, yes, Mm. in that succulent section. Because there's a huge interest now, especially younger gardeners. They're starting to really love it. And they'll survive indoors for a bit and, you know, survive neglect. That's right. Easy to move around. (laughs) (laughs) So long as you don't clutch the top part with your hands if they're spiky. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Yes. Oh, wonderful. Um, as I mentioned, we're running through until 9.15. You are listening to the 3CR Gardening Show. If you'd like to <coughs> jump on board and give us a call, 94190155. AB, how did your garden survive while you were away? Well, as I mentioned, the Bacchasia citridora took an absolute beating. Yes. And I've now pruned that right back and hopefully that will pop back. I'm not sure. Um, it was only a couple of years old, so I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, passion fruit, the two – we had in two black passion fruit and one um, gold um, and the gold died oh, and mm. the two black survived. So that was a um, – Okay. Yeah, so I'm just going to put in another black one. Um, but apart from that, I mean, all the established – natives 
were, were fine, completely fine. Yeah. You yeah. know, mm-hmm. the you know the the Corias, the Dianellas are just mm. popping into flower now and very exciting. So that they're looking terrific. Got um, you know a couple of different varieties and um, they look good. The the lime tree took an absolute beating, um, and I'm going to have to. It was interesting what you were saying that we did have more frost because before we mm. went it, it it was looking a bit sad and now it's just looking mm. really sad and you know it's a, a probably about five metres tall, a really nice size, and it's um, completely defoliated um, Mm. to about halfway. So I'll probably... Um, prune that right That's back. That's serious. It is, yes. yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and interestingly, like it was in quite a protected mm. little area. You know, it was kind of close to the bush on one mm. side and the house on the other mm. side, um, whereas the lemon tree is, you know, that that's coped okay. Um, came back to, um, despite my... Despite me, um, beautiful uh, broad beans, all you know, fruiting up and 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 snow peas. So that was wow. terrific. Oh, good. <laughs> um, along with the weeds, which is fine. But um, oh, the weeds. Yeah, they they're kind of going Cape off at the moment. Weed. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm really starting to think that I should start propagating weeds because no, nobody <laughs> eats them. And I was thinking, why don't I just have rows of cape weeds in pots? You know, because they are really pretty, and no one eats them. Although I probably put them in a pot and. They they will. Yeah, will. even goats don't like them unless they're oh, extremely really? fresh. Yeah, yeah. Oh. But no, the garden actually, yeah. It, it held up pretty well. It held well. up really well. That's yeah. good. Yeah, mm. and I only had um, a couple of people watering for me in the glass house and I was pleased to hear that it was cool because um, all the stuff that I had in the glass house was, you know, a little bit dehydrated but nothing too bad. So, mm. yes, yeah, it's, it's surprising what... Um, you know what really doesn't need your attention. You know no. we, we were gone yes. for three and a half weeks, yeah. and you know the chickens were mm. fine and the, the plants were fine. So yeah, that's it. Well, three so, and a half weeks isn't too bad. No. Yeah. yeah, you. I mean, you went for what nine, nine weeks? Yeah, yes. when I had no, someone looking uh, after the well, garden I, there. Well, I had someone keeping an eye on it, but I knew at that stage we were heading into winter when I left, and were well in into it when I came back. I nearly died of cold when I got back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because mm. the change was so uh, sudden and deep. Extreme. Yes, yeah. very extreme. Yeah. But the only things I found is some things are, are looking a little the worst for wear, but on the whole, uh, I've found that nothing too bad has happened. I've got quite a bit of protection. I can grow clivias and I grow arthropodiums. Uh, but I make sure that they're planted under evergreens or have good protection from mm-hmm. from frost. Uh, and mine have survived. I must say the the lemon is looking a bit yellow, but I know that'll pick up once the warmer yes. weather picks up. Yes, it will. But no, I don't think I've lost too much. Oh, that's this, good. This time, yep, yeah. yep. A couple of things, but not much. Yep. Mm. Excellent. Okay. Let's go next to uh, Gwen in Mount Waverley. Good morning, Gwen. Good morning. I'm actually ringing for my daughter, who's got a beautiful Daphne, and flowers like you wouldn't believe, but all down the stems, never where they should be, and did the same last year. So I'm just wondering, is there anything she can do about that? Mm. I've seen that before. I don't really know what it is, if it's yeah. a problem or not. But. I've had a couple on mine like that, but 
the whole lot is yeah, down It changes the, the look of it, doesn't it? Yeah. And the flowers are beautiful and smell beautiful, but it doesn't look right. Mm. So I just thought I might ring in and see if there was anything she could do. Why doesn't she maybe pick some big boughs for the vase yeah. and then get the new growth happening? side. Yeah, yeah from exactly. way down low. Push it out. Yeah. Yeah. So, like trim it. The bow's back. Yes, yes, yes. yeah. And, and oh. get the liquid seaweed onto it, all over it, not just in the root zone, all over the plant. Mm. Okay, then, well, I'll tell her that. Okay. Thank you very much. Nice. Bye. Bye. Pam, did you know I've planted over 240 trees? Goodness <laughs> me, Margot. You count oh, them. Well done. You never asked, I just had to bring it up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what, what, what size is your garden? Oh, well, we're on nine acres, as oh, I call well. them, nine crappy acres, but we've, um, it's not really worth farming or doing anything with. It's too small. Right. And we don't, we're too old to do that, but so we're just doing, um, uh, sort of, you know, open sort of fields. We've taken down old fences and things so we get sort of more flow through yes. the place. Yes. And when we left the nursery, the chap that bought the business only took half the stock. Oh, so right. we got dumped with, you know, all the half our tree stock, half our shrubs, half everything. Mm. And we just went, right, we got a jigsaw, we got all this open land, <laughs> we got some excavators in and whatever and prepped soil and we didn't grow, you know, a green crop, which we should have now in hindsight to get some really good soil preparation. But, you know, trees are pretty tough. They are. And um, a lot of deciduous things and some conifers and some big things like we've got some monkey puzzles mm. and uh, oh, wow. bunya bunya pines. Oh, my goodness. And cedars. Got an arboretum happening. Well, yes. it is, yes. yeah, yes. yeah. And, you know, we've had various rates of success. Mm. But, yes, it is for mm. the future. Mm. And then um, I thought, gosh, before I get out of the nursery trade altogether, I've got the opportunity I'll do some walnuts. So we've planted 25 walnut trees. Fantastic. And 15 uh, hazelnut trees with different varieties because you need three varieties to get them to fruit. And that's all for, you know, for another generation. Yes, Whether that's our relatives or not, don't know. But anyway, (laughs) but it's there. Um, And a whole lot of black currants and things like that. Oh, lovely. Yeah, but, uh, you know, lots of crab apples that were left and we had lots of unusual varieties Mm. of them. Oh, Oh, oaks, lots stunning. of oaks, and yeah. So yeah. it's not stunning by any means so, now, but oh, you know, maybe one great. day. Yeah. yeah, and we're fighting, as I said, we're fighting wind, yeah. um, kangaroos, which don't actually eat no. the foliage, but wallabies. Are wallabies far more do. Of a yeah, we don't yes. have the wallabies yet, yes. but um, the kangaroos. There's so many of them because we're right next to forest. Okay, yeah. but um, come out and graze. Well, yeah, they just eat. There's plenty yeah. of grass, so they yeah. eat the grass mainly. But what we've noticed is when you plant one day. Mm-hmm. If that tree is on their route where they normally bound out of the forest down to the grasslands, okay, oh, they'll they'll, they'll stop it. and they'll no, they'll stop and they go, what the hell's this? <laughs> and they'll box it. Oh, really? So you've really got to stake it as you yes. plant because they'll actually and maybe put a wire frame around it for. Oh, a while. Well, we're not that mm-hmm. not that rich, thank okay. you. <laughs> That's a lot of work too. But yes. it's, it's yeah. interesting; you can just see them they actually. Box the trees. Yeah, they, they, they think, is this a threat to me yes. or not? It's in oh. their territory. Yeah. So they'll actually push it and they'll break some bran- lower branches off, and um, but they don't eat it. So right. you know they'll, they'll yeah. they survive. How it. fascinating! Yeah, it um, is interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. especially I, the big males. Yes, yeah. I, I've heard of male kangaroos stopping. There's a friend who lives up on the mount, who's had uh, dealt with this over oh I don't know forty odd years, but she said she came across one in the roadway one day, and he literally stood in the middle of the road and his troop 
crossed. Yeah. And then he moved off. Yeah. He right. was stopping the traffic to yes. let his troop yes. go. <gasps> and and he, she said they've kicked the car on occasions if, right. they, if they think it's in the way and causing a problem. Yep, so they, they will do that sort they of thing. They will. Yeah. And the other fascinating thing I saw talking about kangaroos <laughs> was from a distance we've got um, the Malmesbury Reservoir where the oh, uh, yes. Coliban River turns yes. into the start of it. And when it's low, um, the kangaroos can cross yes. almost. But it was a bit deeper than that. And you could see this troop going towards it. They mm. wanted to cross, yeah. but they're all hesitant. Yeah. And then one big male actually sort of tiptoed in. <laughs> And you could see him sort of <laughs> testing, the water. testing how deep it was and whatever. Yeah. And then he started swimming, yeah. which I didn't know they even swam. And then oh, one by so one, well. they all swam across following, except for the little baby one at the end. Oh, and the, no. the mother had to go back for it. Yeah. <laughs> Fascinating how you waste time. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, oh, they had to find another way around. Yes. So I don't know what happened to them, but they would not. Yeah. It was too scared to go across. Yeah, yes. that's, that's yeah. so interesting about the oh, kangaroo swim. having putting the plant in its way because yeah. when Ray built our house like many, many moons ago, he um, inadvertently built it in the path of a wombat and this, this oh. one particular wombat had been used to going to Bush and fro and so the, the, the downstairs lounge room um, for years after he built it, this wombat would just push its way through yeah. on, you know, so it could continue on its merry way, on mm. its on its usual yes, path. you can't so stop them. You no. absolutely <laughs> cannot They've stop got them. like a radar and that's they're used to yeah. that direction and yeah. they will not yeah. move. Yes. They'll go under the house. Yeah, yes. so, yeah. yeah. just to so keep on that line. You need to check out where your rue paths are and oh. plant around them. Yeah. <laughs> Wildlife first. <laughs> <laughs> There's plenty of it. I bet, let me tell you. Oh, okay, Some let's, better than uh, others. Huh? Yes. Let's go to uh, Anna, who's in Bentley. Good morning, Anna. Good morning. How are you? We're well. Yeah, I was going to ask you about uh, an avocado tree, how to make it get fruit. Because Mr. Morrison was on your show a while ago, and he was saying, saying something you do to the tree to get fruit. Um, cincturing, he was talking yeah, about. How do you spell this word? Uh... C I N C T U R I N G, I think. Cincturing. Uh Now, look, there's a very. Do you have access to a computer? Yeah, my son will. Okay, okay. If you go to Daily's Fruit Trees, Daily. their website, there is a video on their website yeah. explaining exactly how to do it and showing how to do it. Daily Fruit Trees. Daily's Fruit trees. So the website is www.dalyes. Sorry, can you tell me after dot? (laughs) Sure, daily. So D A L E Y S. F. S S for Sam and then fruit, F R U I T dot com dot A U. Dot com dot A U. Yeah. So it's all on that and that will explain it all to you. Well, you were saying you was going to give uh, an American website, to, to, but that should be all right, this one. You no, this one's an Australian website, so right. much it's better. Much so, better. So yes. It tells you how to do it. Yes. All right. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay, thank you very much. Okay. Have a nice day. Bye. Bye. Okay, so that's about girdling the fruit trees, is it? 
Mm. Uh, yeah, Sintering, you actually yeah, okay. cut cut a smidge. Very out of it. yes, yeah. yes. Okay, oh good. I have to and and, and in a spiral, video. so you're not actually going right you're around. Not, yeah, 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 yeah. Does that retard the growth? Does it induce um, well, fruiting? It, yeah, it, it gives them a shock, and apparently mm. it, it can induce the. What fruiting. give you a shock? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, would. I wouldn't like to would. do it to me. No, but no, apparently it's often the case that an avocado is is. Too lazy to start fruiting yeah. for want of it, and it needs just this this added shock to get it started. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, it says here it may look harmful, but has been used by previous generations, such as the old Italian gardeners who knew how to get the most out of their backyard fruit trees. Oh, yes. That's right. So there you go. <laughs> yes, oh, definitely have to look that one up. I wish I'd known that for my apricot tree yeah. a couple of years <laughs> ago. <laughs> oh yeah, my mum put a fruit, you know, an avocado pip in the ground. Mm. All right, grew mm. it, and it it was um, eleven years old before it really did the fruiting thing and then it had hundreds of fruit on it. Right. But it was wow. enormous yes. and after that time she had to move house. So <laughs> <she> had- <laughs> and it was right near the front door, took up pride. It was ugly, sort of, you know, it wasn't just fizzing in a front garden. No, oh, no, that, dear, that dear. can be very big trees. Yeah, huge. Oh, but if we'd be. known that we could have... <laughs> Made it a little bit And smaller. although they're supposed to be self-pollinating, um, it's also said that often by having a second fruit yeah. tree, that can actually help with the fruit production yeah. as well. Yeah, that's yeah. maybe why it took 11 years to do it, but it was the only one around. Mm. Well, yeah. I think she did very well to even get any fruit from one that yeah. was just come, mm. came from a pip because yep. you, you have no guarantees what no. you're going to get with that. No. And yep. And pure chance, don't. pure yeah. luck. Yeah. yeah, good on it. Yeah. yeah, excellent. Okay, you're off to New Zealand tomorrow. Uh, tonight. 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 My goodness yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so North if, North Island. Right. And we've just based our stays. We're just going to hire a car yep. and drive and okay. just have a holiday. But we've based our stays on where there are interesting horticultural things. <laughs> right. And uh, I've never That's been to New Zealand. That. I'm embarrassed to say that. You know, I should have gone. It's so close. Yeah. But um, it's... Um, it's a long I've, time since I've been. Yeah, Very long time. But just to see the native flora, yes, I think that's what really... Wonderful. And big cowrie forests and, you mm. know, things like that. But also a few nice gardens, yes. but you're more interested Lots in nice the flora. nice vineyards too. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, okay. <laughs> I'll add that to the list. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so excellent. Mm. So will you have someone babysitting the garden? Are you going for long? I've got my neighbours looking after the dog and watering pots every second day. Mm-hmm. But, you know... The rest just has to fend for itself. Yeah. How long so are you going it. for? Two weeks. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Two weeks is just a nice amount yeah. of time. I did. I spent two weeks circumnavigating the South Island, um, and I found the two weeks mm. was just perfect timing, mm, perfect for, timing for that. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, two weeks is good. Yeah. Yeah. So there we go. So yes, I've come back with all new ideas. And, Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> but strangely enough, in my garden, I've planted quite a few. Um, I think I've got a natural affinity for New Zealand things. Yes. And, um, yeah, just ended up, that's what I've liked. So I've planted quite a few. Well, some of them are are very (coughs) garden-worthy plants. Yes, and frost-hardy. Yes, absolutely. Mm. Very good for us in our area. So, yes, I'll probably be planting a few more if I can squash (laughs) them in now. (laughs) I'm sure you'll find room. Oh, yes. (laughs) The frost, there'll always be spots, won't there? (laughs) Lucille, let's get back to the plant sale because yes. it's all happening next weekend. It certainly is. Um, just remind listeners um, all the details of, of what's taking place. Right. Well, this is taking place at the Observatory Gate site at the Melbourne Botanic Gardens. Uh, it's from 10 till 4 on both days. 
uh, and the growing friends will be there with bells on with a wonderful selection of plants covering bromeliads, bulbs, camellias, ferns, herbs, orchids, perennials, rhizomes, shrubs, Australian natives, succulents and trees. So we will look forward to seeing listeners there. Uh, There will be loads of help for you if you need any help. Uh, Catalogues will be available for sale as well. So we look forward to seeing everyone and hope the weather is going to be kind to us. Mm, Absolutely. Um, I should mention again too that... uh, There is a $15 There is a $15 entry charge, but um, there will also be uh, another um, 40-odd specialist plant and gardenware stalls there and there will be a series of um, talks running over both days uh, for you to join in on as well. I notice they're not adding any additional charge to that this year, which is a good thing. Mm. Those talks are for free. So that $15 does cover access to everything. There will be children under 16 are free. I should mention that. Um, And, of course, don't forget that that, uh, the proceeds are going back to the gardens to support the gardens. So um, a very, very worthwhile cause. Indeed. Um, and just, just you, you're going to, the amount of plants and unusual plants that are going to be available there, mm. um, get in there early on Saturday, that's all I Absolutely. can say. If you're really yes. keen, um, yeah. go to the Friends website if you want to be yes, able to look the at co- the catalog full catalogue. We'll be there. Um, yeah. And that way you can mark off exactly what you want so that you're ready <laughs> to go. Lucille, um, in the past it has been cash only. Uh, can they now take credit cards? Oh, yes, they can. We, we've had uh, credit card use for some time now. Excellent. At our, our sales, yes, and others will, of course, too. Yes, yep. yes. Wonderful. Mm. Okay. And uh, I, I must also uh, mention again quickly that book I was, uh, I was talking oh, about yes. a bit earlier in the program. It is called Dreamscapes. It is uh, published by uh, Hardy Grant Books. Um, it's written by Claire Takax, T-A-K-A-C-S. Um, just an absolutely stunning book. If you like to get inspired by looking at beautiful gardens, and these are from right around the world, but it also includes a lot of Australian gardens, um, I do recommend it. Recommended retail price is $70, but well worth it and would make a wonderful gift, uh, particularly with Christmas coming up. Yeah. What's... I- AB has a plant there we haven't seen. <laughs> well, we've just got time, AB. I have. This is one that Isn't is that pretty? absolutely popping in my area at the moment. I'm mm. in, in Bend of Islands and there's a couple of riparian zones. There's the Watson's Creek and, of course, the Yarra River. And this mm. is a plant that likes those sort of moist, shady conditions. It's um, snowy daisy bush or Oliaria lorata. Um, and it's um, a quite an open shrub. It gets to about two to three metres tall, by about two metres wide, and at this time of year, you know, for probably about three months, it's absolutely popping with these sort of terminal clusters of daisy flowers. It is is in the daisy um, family, and um, quite uh, long, um, lanceolate-shaped green leaves Mm. and uh, um, wide internodes, so it is quite an open shrub. You can prune it back a bit to make it bushier, but I think you know why. Why fool with nature? Oh come let's on, Abby! You've just been to France with all I those topiaries. Come I on, know. I don't want to. I like to let it do its thing, and it really yes. is well, singing through the bush yes. at the moment. Yes. So um, it is very pretty. Yeah. What are you going to start topiarising? Come on. 
Well, I actually, funny you should mention yeah. that. I've actually started Topa and that was before I went, so we can't blame France. Um, uh, my, my native limes. Oh, interestingly, okay. because, and which is they are absolutely crazy plants because they've got Pam tiny little leaves. They, they do have yes, tiny little tiny leaves, and those. extremely shrubby and kind of crazy, messy. And yeah, I've made them into standards out the front of the glass house. Oh, yeah, okay, they're looking pretty cute. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be very interested to see how yes. they how they perform yeah, and how they, they fit into your design. Yeah, which is um, yeah formal balls on sticks. Exactly. No, they're, they're looking good. I wanted that kind of entrance way for the for the glass house. Okay. Yeah. No, they're looking pretty good. No, no, I'm really interested because they tend to shoot out very long oh, every, branches and everywhere, don't they? They yes. are, to- are totally they're wild. crazy. They're plant. wild. Yeah. No, but I just keep I've kept them contained in balls. Okay. And yeah, I'll send you a photo. Yeah, I want to yeah. see how yeah. how well they fruit. Yeah. Well, that that they yeah. They have fruited in the past, but um, I'll I'll keep you updated on them. Well, it means means too that if you can manage to control them um, that way, uh, because they're deadly to walk past, they are so thorny, it's it's going to be much easier for you to manage. Oh, absolutely. And, and of course, they've survived the frost, which I was surprised about. Mm. Oh, they – yeah. Yeah, because usually they like a little – Bit of protection, don't they? You've you've got yours. That Mine are in, are in a fairly, fairly protected, protected area. Yeah, yeah. 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 No they don't more. like they don't like full open sun. Yeah, they really don't. No. Yeah. Well, Unlike most citrus, they no. um they're quite happy with with dappled light. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. frost. That's great. And frost. Mm. Yeah, survived the frost. So no, I'll send you a photo. You'll be impressed, Pam. Okay, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> we have basically run out of time for yet another week. Um, a big thank you to the team. It's been great to have you all on board. Uh, catching up with you all. Best of luck in New Zealand tonight. Thank you, Pam. Yes, I'm looking forward to that. Yes, I'm envious. I'm envious. Um, Lucille, thank you for driving. the. I know it's a bit of a drive down for you as well, but uh, all the very best for the plant sale. Thank you very much, Pam. And uh, and we will catch up, of course, again uh, fairly soon, AB. Yes. Uh, But a big thank you too to Jan and Louise who've been handling all the calls this morning because, of course, without our uh, volunteer helpers, we would not be able to do a gardening show. So uh, we will be back again uh, next week at 7.30. So until then, bye for now.